0: Welcome to this Conveyancing Matters chat with Nicola Mackenzie. Welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all
1: things property.
2: Hi, so welcome to another Conveyancing Matters chat. Today we've got another special guest back on the show. It's Nicola Mackenzie. Hi.
1: Hi, guys. How are we doing? You OK?
2: Very good, thanks. How are you? Very well stuff and Lorraine you all right
0: yeah I'm good thanks to you and it's lovely to welcome you back Nikki thanks for coming back we were saying our air, weren't we can't quite believe how long it is since you were with us before but uh for the benefit of people who are perhaps introduced to you for the first time do you yes. want to just uh tell us a little bit about your uh yourself and your mortgage broking company which I know has been uh, uh, uh you know um up for awards and across social media and you've got your own fantastic youtube channel so tell us a little bit nikki about yourself and your, your company for the for the benefit of those that don't know
1: yeah sure so i'm obviously nicola mckenzie um co-founder of dunham mccarthy and we're a well we're a mortgage brokerage but we're also an insurance brokerage as well and we also are will writers and. Um, do lots of other legal things um, around probate etc but we've been going since 2011 and yeah we're based in Stafford but we cover all of the UK Um, and yeah that's a bit about me. Oh fantastic. Just to add in actually Lorraine we do have a YouTube channel which please do follow it's DM Mortgages if you want more information and general knowledge about the mortgage market.
0: Yeah, well, we were always very interested in in your YouTube channel because, you know, for essentially a fairly niche uh, uh, sort of um, product like yours, in a way, you know, you've it, it's been very successful, and 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 certainly when we were starting out, we were very grateful that you uh, w- were prepared to join us at all, Nikki. But uh, but uh, you know, we were very interested in that and the fact that you'd you know what you'd done ha- had made that channel very successful. So certainly it will be you know, of, of, of great interest, I think, to the people watching Conveyancing Matters. So um, so do go and find that. But, uh, but Nikki, to kind of kick off the chat, really, I mean, I'll look back and Stu will look forward. I mean, sort of last September with the disastrous um, budget mm. um, that really sent shockwaves through the the lenders and the mortgage market very quickly. I mean, Stu and I did a chat on it called Mortgage Market Mayhem. But... Um, Uh, And it would have been nice to get you on at that point, but I suspect you were too busy. So can you just give us a sort of short insight, Nikki, into into the the impact that 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 budget and the lenders sort of, you know, reviewing their their lending criteria and rates so rapidly had on the market?
1: Oh, gosh, (laughs) that was a very manic time. Probably the busiest I have seen mortgages or the most frantic shall I say that I've seen the mortgage market for well over 10 years. So, um, yeah it was disastrous or at that time it was anyway um lenders were pulling rates left right and center and what was very challenging uh, certainly from a mortgage broker's perspective is that we'd have a client speak to them at 10 o'clock in the morning by midday their rate had gone so it was kind of a little bit frustrating and and awkward for us trying to explain to clients look you're going to have to make some fast decisions really because if you wait around even for a few hours deals were were being um pulled from the shelves so it was challenging but at that time um, the reason I mean a very very quick summary obviously the mini budget markets went into a panic so swap rates were just going crazy um, and lenders were not really quite sure how best to price their products look with hindsight looking back on that period now I'd say that lenders probably overpriced products at that time because yeah. they didn't really know what the future was going to hold. So um, rates went crazy. And since then, rates have stabilised quite significantly. So there's the good news. Um, I think things are a lot more stable than they looked back in September. And even though, yes, the base rate is, well, the last um, announcement, it went up and predictions are suggesting that it's likely this year to peak at around 4, 4.5% is what the general consensus is. But the good news is, is despite that fixed rates have still been around the same and actually coming down over the last couple of months. Um, because of course, the base rate isn't directly linked to fixed rates. So for people that are on a variable rate mortgage, yes, the base rate, if it does continue to go up, then that will impact on variable rates, but fixed rates have definitely been stable stabilising so there's the good news
0: yeah I mean it's interesting Nikki I mean because Stu and I often talk about the you know the media that sort of either you know bigs up or smashes down depending on the the, the headline to be had yeah. but to my mind and for people that have been around as long as Stu and I and I've been around for longer than him you know the reality is that um, Property prices were always going to go down and interest rates were always going to go up. I mean, we were never the, the, the very low interest rates that the current sort of generation have been have been used to, uh, you know, were always atypical. And that that holiday period was always going to come to an end. So I just take the
1: longer view that the market is really, you know, rebalancing. I completely agree with you, Lorraine. I think, though, that a lot of the surprise is that it happened so quickly. Yes. Saying that, though, rates have been going up since December of 2021, but gradually. And, of course, that whole mini-budget just sent it into a bit of a panic. I think it just happened, escalated much quicker than we would have anticipated.
2: I think also it's a lot of it's to do with the press, isn't it? Because the way it sort of, you know, the budget came in and the speed of it, because it gets splashed all over the news, things like that, you know, I think it... Creates uncertainty, and it's the uncertainty yes. that, that makes people panic, isn't it?
1: It's definitely the uncertainty and the fear factor that is, in part, encouraged by the press to sell headlines. Yeah, to sell papers is very, very true. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's quite strange. Is, I was gonna yeah, say, the get... reality of what's happening isn't how the media are reflecting it at all.
0: It never is. I mean, I got really mad, and actually, one of the first reasons I Stu and I hooked up to even start in matters was, uh, you know, I was just getting mad at the beginning of the pandemic, how, you know, the, the property market was being talked down by the press. And, and actually, it wasn't accurately reflecting what was going on. I mean, if the market's going down and what's being reported is an accurate reflection, well, fair enough. But Stu and I say this a lot, um, Nikki, and, I, and you will see it too, obviously. There is a real danger and it's a cliche, but that these things sort of become a self-fulfilling prophecy.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah I think the, the media has a lot to answer for, but that's a whole nother comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: that's a separate chat. That's a separate definitely. chat. Yeah. So, Stu, you had some thoughts about, uh, you know, um, the, the kind of impact on, uh, you know, of the rates and, and mortgage products and particularly withdrawals that you were sort of seeing at the coalface?
2: Yeah, we were sort of chatting before we came on air a bit, um, about offers being withdrawn. And I think, you know, the, the the number one question that a lot of our conveyancing clients would have um, is the risks, you know, that they're taking. Um, we particularly uh, in the office saw a lot of offers being withdrawn mm-hmm. um, and maybe not being rewritten. Um, that's the way we thought it may be. Um, we, we weren't sure of the bank's appetite to, to lend all of a sudden. But I think you've got a different opinion, Nick, haven't you? You've seen a bit more than that.
1: Yeah, so um, my experience or our experience as a brokerage at that time, where mortgage offers were being pulled, um, in my experience, that was only happening in instances where a client probably would have had it pulled under normal circumstances as well, i.e. a change in circumstances or the mortgage offer has expired and for whatever reason can't be renewed in part due to affordability stress testing at times as well. Um, but personally, I didn't see a situation where somebody's been granted a mortgage offer and then it's just been pulled for no reason at all, and their circumstances haven't changed um so yeah that's that's our experience of it but yeah,
0: because you you sort of i think at the time of the the mortgage turbulence you as a firm and you deal with you know a, a lot of transactions you were saying off fair you 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 feel you did see more mortgages being withdrawn for for reasons potentially other than normal sort of change of circumstances reasons we
2: did um but you've got to be really careful how you um interpret the information you get haven't you because you know prior to that period of course um anything that proved abortive um you you, you barely glanced at, because of course there was a, a hundred new matters that would be winging their way in to replace them so i think yeah it's interpretation of what you're looking at and the one thing that COVID has done is thrown any kind of stats out the window, hasn't it? You know, the stamp duty holiday with the peaks, possibly an hour trough. it's just thrown all the kind of stats out the window and, you know, trying to now compare, you know, um, apples and oranges. It's, it, it, you can't. Um, so from, from what we've seen, um, it was that initial period, but again, you know, did we get clients pull out also? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it all just goes back to that uncertainty um sort of word that we've mentioned. And you know, as soon as the clients are not sure what might happen. And and I think the gen a general client, you know, what are they interested in? They're interested are the rates going to come down this year? Um and are, you know, are house prices going to come down? That's what the layman's really interested in. Mm. Um so yeah, be interested in what happens this year.
1: Definitely. Um, and Nikki, and in your Sorry, in your experience,
0: Nikki, what would be just a thought that occurred? What would be maybe the top sort of couple of circumstances, changing circumstances that would cause a mortgage offer to be withdrawn?
1: Okay, yeah. So a lot of people don't realise that even where um, you've had a mortgage offer, a lender can still run credit checks in the background for a variety of reasons. And we've seen a couple of instances where um, somebody hasn't necessarily gone and taken out loads of new credit, but for whatever reason, their credit scores just changed. Credit scores can change for for a variety of reasons. Um, They've had a mortgage offer, a lender has had to run a credit search in the background again, and now their score isn't necessarily meeting that particular lender's criteria. We've seen that happen a couple of times. Personally, I think that that's unfair, the way that lenders view that. But that, again, is probably a whole nother conveyance in matters topic. Um, So we've seen a little bit of that. And I'm trying to think of other specifics. Um, Homes for England, so we were talking off air, weren't we, about, well, this isn't necessarily where a client's circumstances have changed. But certainly we've seen a few clients that have had help to buy mortgages. Um, They've had their authority to proceed given by helped to buy, and they've also had their mortgage offer. But because now, obviously, rates are higher than they would have been six months ago, certainly... Um, homes for england are now reassessing some of those cases even after they've been approved and they're now stress testing it at a much higher rate so in some instances the help to buy loan that was approved four five six months ago help to buy are now saying actually no this is no longer affordable and that's caught a few people out um which is a shame really because of course nothing's changed in the client circumstances necessarily it's just that the rates are obviously different to what they were six months ago
0: i mean that's a really interesting point and Stu, you know you you do a, a lot of help to, help to buy work don't yeah. you i mean what nikki would you um suggest that if anything to be fair that because of course we've got the end of march deadline fast approaching and i think the help to buy um Transactions are going to cause a lot of stress and a lot of headache for conveyancers between now and then. So, what uh, what do you suggest that conveyancers do? Who've you know who've got uh, you know a, a, a bunch of help to buy files, but but haven't heard anything about um, you know the Homespringdon side of things? Should they do anything or just sit and wait and hope for the best?
1: To be honest, yeah, I would just say sit and, and wait and hope for the best because. Um... You know, unless you're told that a case is no longer affordable and therefore proceeding, I don't really know what else c- can be done. It's probably just best to just sit and wait it out, is what I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, Stu. What well, I mean, what well, you know, how would you, um, you know, how would you view that from the perspective of your clients? I mean, that would be, and of course, you know, your fees. Dare I say?
2: Well, the fees is a totally different question, isn't it? Um, but in terms of what we, what I mean, what can you do? I don't think there do is much to, you can do. Yeah. I think there's also, you've got to be a bit careful here, where sort of, you know, our, you know, what is our remit? We've got to be a bit careful in terms of what we do here. And the moment we sort of, you know, venture into the mortgage market and finance, it, it puts us in a, a, a difficult position. I was also interested in what Nikki said there about, um, you know, the most popular reason for mortgage withdrawals being um, a client's credit, because I would certainly say here, from what we see, that would account for maybe as high as 85, 90 percent of mortgage withdrawals would be a change in client circumstances, yeah. stroke credit. Yeah. Um, so again, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, what 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 do we do to prevent that? I mean, here we have a report that we do to a client at the onset which says, you know, just you know, hang on the tails of your mortgage advisor, you know, make sure that if anything changes, you let them know. Yeah. Um But again, I think a lot of clients are completely oblivious. A lot of clients do feel that as soon as they've got that mortgage offer, they're they're tied in, they're contracted with the bank, and they're going to get their money on completion no matter what.
1: Yeah, that is a very key um, point, Stuart, that we as much as we try and tell our clients look a mortgage offer is not certainty it's not a guarantee Mm -hmm. yes it's as good as a guarantee as you're going to get at this stage but ultimately the lender can pull something until you've got those house keys but a lot of clients don't fully truly understand that
0: well I think Nikki I'd jump in there and say from from what we see on social media and Sue and I've also talked about this and I hate to say it but um a, a, a number of conveyancers think that um you certainly see discussions between conveyancers um on social media uh, mm-hmm. where, where they say except really have the view that you've just you know explained the client the clients have they think that mm-hmm. uh, you know how can a, how can a lender possibly uh, you know pull a mortgage offer and 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 i think that's really quite a worrying thing that some, okay. some a lot of conveyances don't seem to understand is even after exchange of contracts even after legal commitment yeah. um uh the, the offer can be pulled and Stu, that's certainly something you've experienced and we've talked about a number of times isn't it
2: yeah that you know the very 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 first conveyancing client i ever had mm. in 1998 i think it would have been 98 99 um I'd got them to the point of exchange exchange contracts and two days prior to completion the mortgage offer was pulled and it was because they'd gone and splashed out loads of money on buy now pay later sofas TVs uh stuff like that and their mortgage offer was pulled um they actually managed I'm sure I think they managed to get another offer but it was well well past completion it was it was dodgy but um in terms of getting it there before the notice period expired but it just does does go to show doesn't it you know it is it is fraught with danger. And I'm not sure how how aware sometimes the clients can be with the lure of, you know, offers or putting stuff on credit cards. Yeah. um, You know, it's been quite easy to do, wouldn't it? You know, whack your removals on the credit card. And before you know it, your, your credit's changed.
1: That's it. I'm interested as well to know your, both of your perspectives, actually, on um, new builds, because Lorraine, I commented on one of your LinkedIn posts about this, actually. In terms of, you know, we have seen instances over the last few months. Well, this is just generally with new builds, where obviously builders say that the property is going to be built by X day. It's not, the mortgage offer expires, the lender won't extend it. But of course, in the current climate, the rates are obviously a lot higher. So we've seen a couple of instances where, due to the builder's fault, um, somebody's now paying three, four hundred pounds more on their mortgage because obviously they're not able to get the same rate that they would have been six months ago had the builder have stuck to their deadline of when they said that they would build the property well
0: stu you do a lot of new builds
2: so you first yeah yeah we do stacks of new build and the key point on that is simply to advise the clients of course we can't control how long it's going to take in terms of the builder completing the the plot and of course we can't control what the bank might or might not do in terms of the offer but we make it absolutely crystal clear to the client that that is the risk they are taking you know with any kind of extended completion date whether it be 3 months 4 months 6 months a year you know they are taking a big risk if their mortgage offer expires prior to that anticipated build date so i don't always think it's the builder actually delaying uh, the build just generally often the mortgage offer will expire prior to the um the build date but again we make it clear that the client should be speaking to their broker and to check that there's no reason that the broker would be aware of mm-hmm. um, in terms of getting a new offer. You know, they haven't picked up products that may have a limited time, yes.
1: um, you know, well, stuff it's like it's, that. It's, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. So we make
2: it clear, you know, make sure everything you do is, you know, the broker sees no reason why yeah,
1: um, yeah.
2: the mortgage offer wouldn't be extended, you know, yeah, on yeah. the basis your circumstance haven't changed, but it's really difficult at the moment, isn't it? It's such a risky area because of course, you know with the sort of economy you know people might be for example being made redundant or or whatever happens it's it's a real risk area in conveyancing and from our point of view we can't make the client's you know decision as to what they do but it's the advice that we give so they're empowered to make the decision that's important
0: i think the difficulty with new builds do leading on from that though is particularly with funny enough i think there's a particular psychology around new builds uh you know um well, frankly, pressure from the developer quite often, pressure from the site office. Um, they've paid a reservation deposit that, you know, there aren't many other circumstances in life where somebody could walk into a converted garage, hand over two or three grand and, uh, you know, willingly and uh, and uh, without you know talking to a lawyer or anybody about the money and then come out and think, gosh, I've got to commit to this in 28 days. I mean, it's the bizarrest thing if you think about it. Um, and, um, I, you know, I think the issue is that, clients just have because of the pressure they you know the heaping pressure on their conveyance so probably i suspect nikki heaping pressure on their mortgage broker as well um and they often don't want to hear what we've got to say actually um and i suspect so any reinforcement of the risk, in particular, and and new build, as Stu said, is fraught with risk. There isn't anything that isn't risky about new build in many ways. Uh, yeah. The roads aren't going to be finished, probably. You know, um, you're relying to, you know, there's there's you know, planning issues. There's just an, an absolute legion of stuff. And I do a lot of training on it. Stu does a lot of it in practice. I mean, I've done a lot in practice and acting for developers, but now, I, I you know, I train on it more more than anything. In fact, in fact, it's one of my most popular courses, interestingly. Something that people always I think feel the need to know about um but Mm. um and I suggest to conveyancers actually that what they're doing Nikki is they should be really in their standard reports you know highlighting the risks doing a list of risks with perhaps big red crosses next to them because Mm. they're going to there's a whole menu of things that the conveyancer is not going to be able to resolve prior to exchange of contracts and the client has to understand that risk and I completely agree with Stu Absolutely. At the top of the um, at that risk list would be um, the fact that you are committing yourselves to a purchase that at the time you commit to it, you actually are not certain you're going to be able to finance because of the mortgage yeah. offer situation. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I absolutely agree. But any reinforcement of that particular message that brokers can give, anybody can give, uh, you know, I think has to be a good thing
1: agree but we had an instance where um the mortgage offer lasted for quite a while i can't remember the specifics but it was specifically a new build mortgage product mm. the builder took apps i think the builder took something ridiculous like eight months longer than they said they were going to take it was like this was an extreme case but in a situation like that yeah i don't know you just kind of have
2: we always we always advise yeah, we always advise our clients to approach the developer about a long stop date. Um, so even though we know the like likely answer is going to be no, um, we always make a point in our report to the client to say that if your anticipated build time is sometime in October um, and your mortgage offer expires in December, logically you might want to ask the um, builder uh, whether they'd agree to a long stop date, being the date your mortgage offer expires um that way the clients are are covered but of course the builders won't agree to that 99% of the time yeah Uh, and I think from I suppose from a relationship point of view the clients have built up that trust probably with the builder's site office
1: yeah
2: um and where maybe they're in and out of that site office I think they side with the trust of the, the site office and Tr- Probably yeah. see what we do as more of a process and uh, uh less inclined to evaluate what we say more than the builders represent. Well,
0: of course, we're telling people things they don't want to hear,
2: yeah, that's a difference, that's true.
1: But also, as well, in the nicest way, but the, the communication of a conveyancer isn't the same across the board either, mm. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, no, Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I have some of my clients and they come to me and they're just like look, the, com- the conveyancer isn't communicating with me. I don't know what's going to... No, yeah, there's two sides to every story. But in some instances, I'm not sure that things are highlighted as much as they perhaps could. It could be a combination of that, selective memory from the client. There's a whole host of issues. But yeah, I sometimes think that communication could be clearer sometimes with conveyancers.
0: I completely agree, Nick. I'd have to say though, really once the matter's exchanged... That, you know, that if particularly the transaction is going to fall into a dead zone as far as the cl- you know, the conveyancer is concerned because they've, they've sort of got nothing to communicate at that point, yeah. Like that's a,
1: true, yeah. Same it is when it's offered, we kind of, yeah, that's kind of conveyances. You've job sort done of that. done your job to, to, yeah. to that
0: point, so there really is nothing else to communicate necessarily. And as Stu said, if you're saying to your client, keep in touch with the site office, mm-hmm. um, then. You know, there isn't much more at that point, I would suggest, the conveyancer can do. I mean, one sort of thing I always point out to um, conveyancers on courses as well is, um, again, it's a sort of dull little point. But it's to make sure that um, if there is a a, a notice to complete period in the contract, which there usually is, um, Mm -hmm. that the mortgage lender, Gives enough to, if the mortgage lender needs to reinspect the property before they will actually allow drawdown of the loan. That there's if the if the developer wants completion in ten working days and the lender wants ten working days to reinspect and then a further seven working days to, for submission of the, the, the certificate of title. Well, I- immediately the conveyancer is probably you know potentially putting their client in breach of contract if they don't try to tie up those time frames and as you said the developers are usually uh, frankly quite intransigent about these things and i don't quite understand why but there we go
2: i think but, also that the, the other point as well that maybe we haven't hit on um is the supply of the product of course you know the clients have been desperate to get hold of property over the last few years and they haven't been any to sell so they probably had to take more of a risk where of course yeah, you know, the, the sort of yeah you know, the, the matrix of supply and demand might slightly change us here.
1: Yeah, very good point.
0: I oh, hope so. Hope so. Anyway, um, well, Nikki, we could actually we said this last time we could talk to you for for days really. Um, so um, thanks ever so much for sharing those insights, particularly on the help to buy, which I think is very very relevant for conveyances right now, and uh and the new build observations. Um, it's really interesting to get um you know as Stu said at the onset of you know a more a more balanced view on these things because we tend to have one particular perspective and quite often don't have time to look up and look at everybody else's so uh so it's
1: really kind of you to join us Nikki thank you Thank you so much for inviting me, guys. And next time we shouldn't leave it so long. No, let's <laughs> not.
0: Next well, maybe you could join us at, uh, at the next Conveyance in Matters live event, Nikki. Which, uh, which we'll put out there. We'll do one in the middle of the country sometime this year and, and hopefully we'll get to see you face to face. Most definitely. Thank you both. Uh, take care. Thank you. Take care,
2: take care guys. See ya.
0: Bye.